Welcome to Cryptonized, the show that interviews the crypto masters and their ideas on investing and the blockchain. And now here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Today we're going to talk with Ashton Addison, who runs the Crypto Coin Show, about how the blockchain is the best solution to stop counterfeit items like tickets and documents and probably a host of other things. Ashton, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, Ashton, do you mind just telling everybody about yourself in 100 words or less uh, and include some of your bio? Sure. I am a recent graduate of a business degree in finance and accounting. I was very interested in cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology since about 2013. My father actually got me into the industry, funny enough, uh, and together we created Crypto Biz Magazine in 2014, which turned into the Crypto Coin Show, my YouTube channel, uh, which we now focus on up and coming projects, real world use cases for blockchain, and what investors are interested in when looking at investing in the space. And then in 2017, me and my father decided to co-found Event Chain to bring blockchain to a, a mainstream use case that was not in the financial sector. So what we did is take blockchain and, and apply it to ticketing to solve a lot of the issues in the primary ticketing market right now, like counterfeit ticketing and ticket scalping. And we've been working on that for about two and a half years now. And now we're live in the market and you're able to you know, pay for your tickets with credit cards or cryptocurrency and have it on the blockchain and reference that ticket and see that it's on the blockchain and prove that you can't get ripped off or get rejected at the gate when you're going to an event. So that's what we're mainly working on right now. Okay. And uh, you, you kind of liken it to Eventbrite uh, as, as kind of a comparison, but Eventbrite on the blockchain? Yeah. And the reason that we've done that is because Eventbrite and these self-service event ticketing platforms are very easy to use. And I found that one of the obstacles in with blockchain startups and people that are so dedicated to this space is there really needs to be a focus on user experience. And... Although the blockchain is great, uh, we need people to be able to adopt the technology without having to go through a history lesson of, of blockchain. And even though it is a great story, um, the product comes first. And with Eventbrite, it seems so easy to create an event in five to ten minutes. We've really modeled their style and incorporated blockchain on the back end so that you can see that your ticket is safe, but you don't necessarily need to know exactly how the blockchain works just to buy a ticket and go to an event. Well, that, that brings up kind of my first question, and that is, why, why do you think it's so important? I mean, I know why, but, and I, I get this question a lot. It's like, well, all these companies are building, you know, solutions to use with the blockchain. And a lot of them are like, you don't need a blockchain to do that. But this one in particular, I think you do. But I want you to kind of explain why is it so important that, these types that event tickets be on the blockchain? Great question, Mark. Well, with ticketing, traditionally in the ticketing market, there's a lot of sketchy transactions where people buy up all the tickets right away, whether it's scalpers or people that are just, you know, looking to make a quick buck. And then real fans are forced to go to a secondary market, whether it's StubHub or Craigslist, and purchase a ticket. And generally, these tickets are just like a PDF piece of paper, right? So when you're buying a, a PDF or just a copy, it's not a scarce resource. And you can't really prove without a doubt that 
this PDF hasn't been printed twice or people are reselling it in multiple locations. And it's, it happens a lot, like 12 million Americans, including myself, uh, have bought a ticket. And when we got to the event, realized that this was a, a duplicate ticket or a fake ticket. That's happened and to me. there was no way to reference it. And, and you get, re- not only do you get rejected from the event, you lose all your money. It's a horrible experience to go through. I've been through it. It's the worst ever. Cause you get to the event, you get to the venue and then the tickets a duplicate and then you have to figure out, oh, okay, how's this all going to work? And it turns out they've sold it three times, you know, and so three different parties are having to experience this whole thing. So you, what you, you use eliminates that. Is that correct? Yeah. So essentially on the, on the back end, creating a smart contract with unique ticket identifiers in there with the ability to prove, Hey, this is the only ticket for this show. You can see it right there on the blockchain. You can see the transaction from the organizer to the attendee. And if the attendees moved it around to other people, um, all of that's visible on a public ledger and you're able to have a little bit of comfort knowing that you can see that the tickets, the only ticket, and if it's a mobile only ticket and it's transferred securely, you know that nobody's printed out the ticket and sent it around multiple times. And really that's the point is just to be able to get a ticket and go to an event and not have to worry about the ticketing. It should be the, the last thing on your mind. It should just be about going to events and having fun. Yeah, and you've touched us on this a little bit. So how exactly does the blockchain ensure that these event tickets are not counterfeit? What What is kind of the process it goes through? Yeah, so... A really easy example is, let's say you create an event that has 100 tickets for a party. And when you create an event for the user interface, then on the back end, uh, an Ethereum smart contract is created, which has you 100 unique ticket identifiers in it, which are attributed to the event organizer. Then when the attendee purchases a ticket, whether they purchase it with their credit card or with cryptocurrency, whatever the organizer wants, it shouldn't matter. What does matter is that when they purchase the ticket, the ownership of that ticket transfers from the organizers uh, to the attendees. And there's no way that the attendee can use that ticket multiple times without transferring it again uh, securely. So just being able to know that it's a scarce resource and that you can see it in a smart contract as one of 100 tickets that are unique and, and not be able to be duplicated um, is enough security to know that you're able to go to the event and you're not getting ripped off and, and you can transfer this ticket securely to your friends and, and know that you're not going to have multiple tickets running around. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, uh, blockchain can't, couldn't be a better solution for this. Could you also say that, um, you know, ticket 2.0 is where you could in theory, and maybe you already have, develop something called a smart ticket where, you know, because you have this ticket on the blockchain, it's very unique. You alone get a free drink and maybe because it knows you very well, it's a Coke, you know, Coca-Cola. You also get a virtual item that acts like a digital souvenir for the event and maybe a, uh, a ticket uh, stub that is stored forever in a wallet to show off to your friends. I mean, isn't there so many different things you could do, especially if you add smart contracts to these tickets? Definitely, Mark. And we actually uh, own smart tickets as, as the trademark, and, and that's what they are. They are smart tickets. And we do have the ability uh, with that ticket to include other assets. Uh, and we are working with some partners to, to bring in 
know, digital assets like gaming assets and things like that, which can tie to your ticket. And one of those things that people, um, one thing that irks people about these digital tickets is they used to get those paper stubs and they just yeah. seem so nostalgic, right? And everyone used to collect the stubs and put them on their wall and be like, yeah, I went to that concert. But when you, when you started getting paper PDFs or a digital ticket, you just didn't get that, that feeling. Um, and yeah, we do have the ability to create digital assets and through our partnerships, if you have bought a ticket to a specific event and redeemed that ticket and attended, then only then you are entitled to the digital assets that came with that event. So that's the use case that we're actually working on right now. And, um, yeah, that's, it's really promising because a lot of people were, were, are looking to get something that's memorable from their events and to have digital assets that you can, that you can look at and, and keep after the event is over um, is something that we've had in mind. And I swear, Ashton, and you'll back me up on this, you and I didn't have this conversation. I mean, <laughs> I had no idea you were calling a smart ticket. That's what I would have called it. But uh, Yeah, no, we, we didn't talk about that. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that was, you know... Event Chain is the short name. Event Chain Smart Tickets is actually the longer name of the company. And we do know that um, these tickets, it's not just about the primary market. And part of the, a lot of the issues in the ticketing industry right now are to do with the secondary market. And not only the fact that people mark up the tickets, ridiculous markups on the secondary market, you know, a hundred dollar ticket could go for $500 or even a thousand dollars. And there's really no limit. Um, the, the main problem is that the artist and the organizer don't get any of that money and they don't even know who's buying that ticket, uh, which is the real fan. So through smart tickets, not only can you have pricing variables and attributes programmed into the ticket, those can be transferred into the secondary market and, and any resale to allow organizers to recapture not only the price of the ticket on the secondary market, but also the attributes of the people that are buying those tickets so they can know who their real fans are and they can better serve them moving forward. Okay. Well, um, I love it. And uh, just another reason why I think, you know, this is the right uh, product or service for, for the blockchain. It's, I mean, there's so many different things you can go that I could think of that we don't have time for. I do want to ask you, you know, because it's on the blockchain, does it facilitate peer-to-peer selling of tickets? Yeah, so because it's on the blockchain, there is that, um, it, there's definitely a, a peer-to-peer transaction where there's no third party that really can you know, take control of your ticket and, and revoke it from you or, or move it around and stuff. But at the same time, in the blockchain industry, there is this balance between customer support and full decentralized, you know, community driven platforms. Yeah. And I think that the, a really good example of that is right now with exchanges, right? And there's centralized exchanges and there's decentralized exchanges. Mm-hmm. And we know that the ones that are fully decentralized, they often lack customer support and they often also have bad user interfaces and they're the barrier to entry is much higher and there's a big learning curve in learning how to use that. So we understand that and we also understand that in event ticketing um, we have a lot of blockchain conferences and cryptocurrency advocates that are already using the system as early adopters but also the main problems in this ticketing industry are in music festivals and concerts and sports and those attendees and those organizers have most of them have no idea what blockchain is and how to use 
for right. cryptocurrencies. I, I would even mention education that. towards that, right? So how do you use blockchain technology in those industries where the event organizers don't know about cryptocurrencies? You really have to keep it on the back end and have that front-facing user interface and, and customer support to facilitate, this is how the blockchain works, and we're not going to make you use it yourself in a fully decentralized way where you need to you know, ask the community and others for support because there's nobody backing it. So we're there to help people. And we hope that as we continue to build out our secondary market, it really sort of turns into a, a fully decentralized, autonomous uh, transfer of tickets where we don't need support. But on the primary market, it's really onboarding people and ensuring them that although this is new technology, um, it has great benefits and you can clearly see that. We're here to help you onboard you into the process and ensure that it's just as easy as if you were to create an event on Eventbrite or on, on Ticketmaster and these legacy systems. Yeah, I mean, if I were the event organizer, depending on what the event is, I'd, I'd have two questions. And, and first one would be, well, how do I cancel these tickets if I have to? The second would be, um, yeah, I don't know about this blockchain stuff. I've heard, you know, about Bitcoin, but I haven't heard any of this stuff. Why are you bothering me with it? Um, and, and that would be kind of the two objections that I'd have. Why, why do I need the blockchain? Uh, and then, you know, how do I cancel a ticket if I need to? Totally. And, and we get that pretty often, right? And that's why the, the user interface is so similar to legacy systems. Um, and the blockchain is literally like a flip of switch. It's like, oh, you want to use blockchain? Um, you don't need to know what, you know, what blockchain, how it actually works. All you need to know is that you have unique scarce tickets and there's going to be whatever amount of tickets you create. It's just like, it's more like, transferring digital money versus transferring digital music you know once you transfer digital money you no longer have that money it's a scarce resource uh, whereas traditional pdf tickets are are not scarce and you can send them to many people and it turns out that people can send them multiple times and rip people off so and and on the on the ticket cancellation yeah same thing with tickets or personal information and things like once they're on the blockchain they're on there it's possible to to override things um, as opposed to cancel them and change things slightly. Yeah. Um, but you have to have those things written in the smart contract um, or else if you, you know, you have something that is undeletable um, from the get-go, then that's how it is. But we've, we have a lot of foresight in the way that we've designed it and we understand that people don't need to know about smart contracts and blockchain and that the value proposition is tickets that are unique and scarce and you can control the pricing and the demographics of your attendees and gather the most information that you can get you can use that data to sell more tickets and better serve your customers in the future okay uh fair enough I, and so what what other roadblocks do you see for the adoption of it, it seems like a no-brainer to me but you know a lot of things start off that way you know anytime you're disrupting a certain industry, it, it seems like there's like a, a holding period where not a lot happens. You get a few early adopters and then all of a sudden people say, shit, this is what we need. And it just takes off like a hockey stick. What, what do you think it's going to, what do you think it's going to take in order to get us to that hockey stick moment? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, Mark. And, and I understand that the event ticketing uh, and event organizers are not very in uh, 
in the blockchain scene, right? They're in events. So that has been a barrier. Um, and part of that rebranding and expanding out of just being a crypto-centric startup and a blockchain startup to a trusted ticketing company that's leveraging technology to take back control of your tickets and your events and presenting it to organizers in a way that they can understand it. Um, that's definitely been a key factor in our growth moving forward, especially ticketing non-tech events. Um, so as that continues to grow and people hear more about Bitcoin and blockchain, even though we're not focusing that as the branding behind it, they become more comfortable and just having early adopters on the system. Um, nobody wants to be the first one to, to do an event. Right. And we've done, um, hundreds and hundreds of events over the last year that since we've started and we continue to do larger events and events of 10,000 people and 20,000 people and more. And it's sort of like a, a crowd game, right? Once you see everybody else doing it, then you're more comfortable yeah. with, with jumping in it yourself. Um, and I would say that another obstacle in the, in the industry is getting to those super large events and festivals where it matters the most about uh, getting a ticket and making sure that you're not ripped off. And, you know, sort of like uh, with major league sports and NFL and NHL, there seems to be a lot of scalping and counterfeiting. And those events are ticketed normally by Ticketmaster and Live Nation, um, which, you know, when they merged together in 2010, um, people foresaw that a lot of uh, they owned a lot of the venues around around the country, and it's it could be considered you know monopolistic practices because they have a majority control in the industry. Um, so breaking through to that barrier and, and capturing some of the market um, at the very top level where there's like Goliaths running the industry right now. Um, that's as we continue to grow. Um, that will be a challenge as we move forward to secure those a-list artists and those top level arenas which which run the major league sports and and i think it's the same thing as as with the situation we're in right now where we're running general admission music festivals and medium to large events it's a numbers game once once one arena that's uh tech savvy and and forward thinking adopts it and sees the value that it's created there'll be a ripple effect throughout the industry so it's just about breaking through those barriers that kind of leads me to my next, I know we're still working on tickets, but what other types of use cases that are similar to this do you think would be applicable? Uh, one that I brought up was maybe title insurance, where you just absolutely need a verified single source for everything that's occurred on title. Because if you don't know, if you haven't bought a house, you, you know, you're required to have title insurance unless you're paying cash. Most of us aren't paying cash for it. And you know, you need to know the insurance or the uh, title, the, wow, the lender needs to know, hey, this home is free and clear of encumbrances, or if there are encumbrances, you know, they're from the utility companies, something like that. So uh, that's needed each and every time that house is bought and sold. It's not like you could just do it one time and then it's over. Even if you sell it three weeks later, you need title insurance. And it's especially here in California, that's very expensive to have title insurance. So uh, my question is, uh, what other types of use cases do you see this working in, you know, that's similar to tickets where you need a one verifiable source of truth? Um, and uh, do you think title insurance is a good option for that? 
Yeah, definitely. I think the use cases for um, having a blockchain to create scarce uh, resources is going to break into almost every industry where you have some type of asset where, where you can trade it or sell it off. Um, houses, um, there's already, you know, on my YouTube channel, I've already done interviews with a number of real estate companies that are putting their title transfers onto the blockchain uh, and, and doing the transactions through that. Um, so that's definitely a great use case um, as well as automobiles and those two industries will be, yeah. um, they're still in the infancy of, of getting that. And I think it's about finding a company that's going to provide those services in the way that has a really good user experience and is non-technical and, and shows the clear value without getting too deep in the nitty gritty of, of, of the code. Um, so those are two great use cases. And then as you touched on earlier with digital assets, um, you know, having a digital ticket stub is, is one thing, but the digital assets world and the market cap of digital assets, including like gaming assets and um, all of the video games, like this market is actually huge. The digital asset uh, marketplace is actually trades more than, than, than Binance every day. It's like billions of dollars. It's actually a huge, huge market. Um, so we're partnering up with some companies to provide custom digital assets uh, that can be traded. And, and nowadays people can trade assets across games. You know, you can have a, a, an armor in, in World of Warcraft and trade it for a gun in Call of Duty on a, on a decentralized marketplace. Um, and there's billions of dollars in those markets. So there's so many use cases and, and we've been approached by different types of ticketing companies um, across the world looking for, you know, SkyTrain tickets and, and bus tickets and airplane tickets and not just tickets for events. So it can apply to all of these industries. Um, and we're just trying to tackle right now. We're just trying to tackle the problems and events. Um, but there's just so many use cases that um, hopefully we get some people that are in the same mindset and can start tackling these other industries right away because there's obvious value uh, that's created from it and just a matter of implementing it and getting it into the market. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, good summary on that. I always like people to know, Hey, there's, there's things beyond what our guests are talking about. That's uh, applicable to uh, a similar use case. So uh, thank you for kind of chiming in and, and jumping on that. Uh, I do have a final question for our guests that I ask everybody because everybody's kind of interested in uh, the crypto side, uh, at least that's listening to this. And, and that is, in 100 words or less, if you could invest a fictional $100,000 in one or two cryptos, what would they be and why? $100,000 in one or two cryptos and why? Uh, well, that's a great question. And I think that for everybody that's either already invested into the industry for, for many years now, or they're just getting started, um, the the thing that I hear going around all the time is, you know, you have to have one Bitcoin. So Bitcoin has to be one of the two coins for sure. If yeah. you don't have one Bitcoin, there's only going to be 21 million coins. There's only 18 million coins right now. You know, if you're one of those 18 million people in the whole world that has a Bitcoin, you're already going to be in the next future 1%, um, right? So Bitcoin and obviously a lot of the coins in the whole market, their trading pairs are normally uh, with Bitcoin. And besides Ethereum and some of the top coins uh, that have USD and, and fiat trading pairs, 
most of the market moves with Bitcoin and it's, it's a good peg. So I would say definitely Bitcoin. Um, and then second, uh, number two market cap, Ethereum. I've really liked Ethereum since I've been following Ethereum since it was 30 cents uh, yeah. back when 2013, uh, the reason that the blockchain industry has grown so quickly is because of Ethereum. Uh, and made it so easy for people to create tokens and create value and create smart contracts and add a programming language on top of, you know, when Bitcoin was just a, a transfer of value, there's not really any programming built into that. This has taken us to the next level. And it's because of Ethereum that Event Chain is able to ticket uh, events and program the tickets with pricing variables and all these extra attributes into smart contracts. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Ethereum. And um, they are still working away. They have one of the biggest developer bases uh, currently um, alongside in like EOS, I believe. But Ethereum, there's just, they're coming out with their proof of stake, uh, Ethereum 2.0 here in, in the next months to years. And I think that we're still at the beginning. And, and even, even just what the potential that we saw with Ethereum back in 2017 when it reached about $1,400, um, I think that's just a stepping stone for what comes after that. So I would definitely say Bitcoin and Ethereum would be the top two to, to choose and the most, well, uh, yeah. Good, good choice. I mean, uh, Ethereum's good, especially with DeFi um, just starting to, you know, to emerge. And in 2020, you know, I think DeFi is going to be one of the bigger things to to happen within the crypto blockchain industry. So that, that should be, uh, those are two good choices, I think. Um, so with that, Ashton, I want to tell everyone to go look at what you're doing at eventchain.io. And also we'll provide a link to your YouTube channel, the Crypto Coin Show. So you can catch Ashton there and, and watch his videos. And he does a great job of having different, walks of life and different companies and everything on there. So uh, one last question, Ashton, where can they reach, where can people reach you besides the YouTube channel? Yeah. Feel free to reach out to me at uh, Ashton at cryptocoinshow.com on my email. Um, or, and, and if you have an event, you know, we would love to support it. Um, whether it's a cryptocurrency meetup that you're just using meetup.com or you have a conference or you have a meetup that's nothing to do with tech, you know, we still love to support it. Um, and, the system is live right now at eventchain.io. It is self-serve. You have the ability to just click create event and create an event page and accept fiat or cryptos. You know, in, in under 10 minutes, you can have an event page up that's uh, and selling tickets and, and you don't even need to talk to us, but we are here for support as well. Um, so yeah, please send me an email or come to our telegram t.me slash event chain and uh, me and the team would be glad to help you. Thanks again. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please write a review for us in the Apple Podcasts and Google Play apps. All of your reviews give us great feedback for future guests and for what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Uh, so I appreciate if you do that. Again, Ashton, thank you so much. Um, love the, the space that you're in, love what you're doing with it. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do with uh, Tickets 2.0, as I call it. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. A reminder that we are not financial advisors and anything we talk about or refer to on the show should not be considered or construed as financial advice. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions.